What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Found this article online entitled Six Things You Should Never Tell People. Six Things You Should Never Tell People. Number one, don't tell people your plans. They will sabotage them. Period. Have you ever been telling somebody like what you plan to do and as you are telling them, like you feel like something in you tells you this is not the right person to tell. This is not the right person to tell. Like something in you makes you feel like, hmm. You gotta be careful who you tell stuff to. And if you tell your plans to the wrong person, sometimes people who are jealous of you, are envious, are not where they wanna be in their lives, they will more quickly sabotage your plans than they will build their own. So you gotta be careful who you tell your plans to. Okay, number two. Don't tell everyone your weaknesses, they will use those weaknesses against you. This weekend, I told somebody that I don't like, or I actually, I put it this way. I have very sensitive teeth. So if someone is chewing ice, it just drives me nuts. The person proceeded to continue. And not only did they proceed to continue, they made a mockery of that area that I'm sensitive in. You gotta be careful what you share with people. Because some people are fishing for your weaknesses because they themselves have so many weaknesses that they haven't really faced that they're looking for something in you, especially if you're a confident person, they're looking for something in you that they can hold against you because they're intimidated by the fact that you are in, uh, like you're not in denial about what your weaknesses are. So you gotta be careful with that. Number three, don't tell people your failures. They will always see you as a failure and never give you the opportunity. I had a situation and I'm not gonna say specifically what it was, but I had a situation where God had favored me in a particular area. Let's, and um, I was just doing the, the thing the best I knew how. And there were other people who were concerned, not necessarily about my ability, but they were concerned about the long-term results of having something that was beyond my control. And I thought I was confiding in someone about some of the areas that I wish that I was stronger in. And the person took those things, somebody else said, well, why isn't Dominique the person for this particular opportunity? The person took the very things that I identified as my weakness and told somebody else, oh, he even said that these are areas that he's not strong in and we need somebody that is strong in these particular areas. 
I was just lamenting because I thought I had a, 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 a shoulder. I thought I had somebody that I could trust. I thought I had somebody that I could talk to. And the person took the things that I identified as my failures and they used it against me. You got to be careful who you talk to. And then you got to be able to, you got to be careful who you, what you tell them. Number four, don't tell people your next big move. Move in silence, take action, and shock them with your results. Listen, this is same as number one, right? You got to be careful about who you share what you're planning to do. Number one is that when people hear your plan, they sometimes will kill your plan before you even fertilize it, right? Because some, a lot of people experience your ability to thrive through the lens of their handicap. So if they don't have enough faith, they're gonna tell you that you you don't have enough faith to do what you need to do. If they don't have enough money, they're gonna to talk to you about what you, I, I, I give you an example, because I love to travel, right? I love to travel. I love to go on the plane and go places. And I noticed that people who don't travel or who don't have the capacity or ability to travel, when I'm talking to them, like they trivialize travel. And it's not because they don't have an interest in traveling, they trivialize travel because it's something that they can't do. And so rather than just saying, I wish I could go and, 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 and travel like you, they say things like, oh, you know, Mr. Big Shot, like, I don't know how you afford it or it must be nice. Like, just say you want to travel. <laughs> like, just ask a travel trick. Like, find out a travel hack. Like, you don't need to... Uh, degrade somebody else's interest because it's something that you want to do but you can't do. So you got to be careful when you tell people your next big move because you're thinking that you're confiding in people and I, this this includes family members. <laughs> and sometimes this even includes people who have good intentions, right? They, they don't, they're, they're, they're loving people. They're people that you trust. They're people that you talk to on a regular basis. But the reality is they cannot see what you see. And you have to be careful not to get an idea or an innovative thought or, or, or something that you feel particularly is from God. Like something, because sometimes God, um, not sometimes, when God positions us to, when God births an idea in our heart, let me put it this way, when God births an idea in our heart. Not only, it, it, like what we have doesn't matter. Like to the world, like when you get an idea, you need everything in front of you in order to accomplish what you have. When God favors you with an idea, he doesn't necessarily give you the stuff to do it, but he gives you the grace to do it. Because you don't need the stuff if you have his grace. So you have to be careful not to share with other people what ideas that God has given you because they, even with, just because they're natural, just because they're viewing it in their natural eye, are gonna say like, well, you don't have the money to do that, or you don't have the education to do that, or you don't have the friends set to do that, or you don't have the vehicle to do that, or you don't have the job to do that, or you don't have the capacity to do that. That's the thing that they're gonna start saying because they're looking at it from the natural, they're good intentioned, they're well-intentioned, they don't wanna hurt you, they're your family members, they're your best friends, they're folks that you hang out with, they're folks that you do some of the things with. But they don't have 
the understanding that when God puts an idea in your heart, guess what he does? He gives you the grace to accomplish that. God's grace is better than anybody's toolkit, anybody's strategy, anybody's plan, what other people think that you need. If you have the grace of God, that's all you need. So you have to be careful not to um, get into a game where you go back and forth with people about what you have or don't have that prepares you for whatever you are planning to do, particularly if it's something that God put in your heart to do. Take action, shock them with the results. Let them deal with it afterwards. And then when they ask you, how did you accomplish that? God graced me to do it. God gave me favor to do it. God gave me everything that I needed to do it. I didn't have it in the moment. Build somebody's faith through it. But don't let other people tell you on your faith before you even get the, the opportunity to do what it is that you feel in your heart you are called to do. Number five, don't tell people your secrets. Only fools re reveal secrets. Listen, you don't have to tell everybody everything. I, you know, in my in my in my ministry, like I really value transparency. Like I want people to know where I've come from, what I've accomplished, what I've done. I want people to know things because I think them knowing things is, is critical to understanding who I am uh, and all these things. But there are some things that everybody doesn't need to know because there's some things that people don't know what to do with. They don't categorize it correctly, right? And you don't want to say something to somebody trying to be transparent that causes them to look at you differently and that somehow handicaps your ability to minister to them or your ability to make money with them or your ability to work with them thoroughly, right? Um, I had a bad working relationship with a supervisor three or four jobs ago. Listen, I was very careful about how I told that testimony about being suspended for three days. Because at the time, people would have assumed, oh, well, that happened because of X, Y, and Z, or your personality trait, or something that you did. There are some things that you don't have to tell in the moment, right? There's some things that you don't ever have to tell. And you got to be careful not to overexpose yourself trying to win people or trying to get people to feel like you're human or that you fit in or trying to get people to feel like you fit down or you fit up. You've got to be careful what you expose people to in your own life because some things got the grace of God. You can just say, you know what? I would have faded. God kept me. God, his grace sustained me. I haven't always been perfect, but God brought me through. I haven't always been married, but God brought me through. I haven't always had money, but God brought me through. That's all. You don't got to tell everything because people are looking for disadvantage. People are looking for opportunities in your life to capitalize on negatively, right? And you got to be careful not to be your own worst enemy by overexposing things that people don't need to know. You don't need to know everything about my past, right? You don't need to know everything. So we gotta be careful about what secrets that we expose other people. And then six, don't tell anybody your income and your source of income. Make them wonder. Make them wonder. Make them wonder. I was at the airport the other day and I thought it was funny. I, I just, whether it's true or not, you gonna wonder. But uh, I had two people in the airport and we were all supposed to be, I assume, getting on the same flight. And the 
two people, I'm assuming, I think, but I'm gonna lie. They were on standby for the flight that I was on. I had multiple seats, because I like to be comfortable. And when I learned that there was somebody sitting in the lobby uh, of the, or waiting for the flight that um, was gonna be on standby, I felt bad, I felt convicted, so I went up to the front desk and said, hey, I'm willing to give up one of my seats so that the person, the one person on standby doesn't have to wait for the next plane. So they talked me through it, they were looking at me like, mm, this is a dumb idea, you know, but I, I knew the person, I, I knew of the person. So I felt like, you know, this would, this would be a nice thing, I don't know what they have to get through, I don't know what God's will is for them to get home, I don't know what it is, like, I just, I want to be able to provide this person with an opportunity. So it didn't work out. They were like, you shouldn't do it. Like just get on the plane because if I would have given up my extra seat on the first leg of the flight, then I would have lost all the privileges that I had already earned on subsequent flights that I would be taking because there were multiple legs. So I go back to the, to the two people and I say, hey, you know, the reason why I ran away so quickly is because I realized that I had an extra seat and I'm thinking like if you can get on this flight I could have helped you but they told me that it wasn't necessarily a good idea and the, one of the other persons that was sitting there said oh you know Dominique he's like super wealthy like he goes into this whole like dialogue about me being wealthy now the reality is like some of what he was saying I probably could have said well you know like that's not you know but I also had to consider his age and consider maybe perhaps what his definition of wealth was. I didn't know. But it wasn't an opportunity for a 30-year-old me would be like, oh, no, nah. like, you know, I don't got no money. I'm, you know, I'm broke just like the next man, blah, 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 blah. Like, we go into that whole, whole thing because we want to fit in with people. Let people guess. Let people figure it out. Listen, if you... Don't let people try to figure out how much money you make or how much money you have based on material things. Like, make sure that you've got your own financial stuff in order. And people will wonder, people ask me all the time, so how are you able to travel? Mind your business, <laughs> right? Because you'll start, like, trying to make people understand why you are blessed. And in the process, you will diminish the favor of God on your life to that person. Like, I love to travel. And because of God's grace, he has positioned me to be uh, associated with institutions and activities that allow me to travel, whether that be my work or my personal. And then whatever grace he gives me financially, I, like, I get on a plane with it, right? But I don't have to diminish that grace by telling somebody, oh, no, I use points. Don't worry about it. Figure it out. Keep on guessing, right? Um, so I think it's important because the more that people think that they have you figured out, like the more they begin a process of dishonoring you, right? That's why you have to be careful who you become common with, right? Because some people want to be common with you so that they can bring you down to their level as opposed to them wanting to be common with you so that you bring up their status, right? And people are very intentional about that. You've got to be careful. But I was listening to this um, I was listening to this uh, uh, meme, or I think it was a reel, or TikTok, I don't know, I'm not really a TikTok person, so I better not, but anyway, they said if you want to be um, uh, uh, rich, 
like hang with four rich people. If, a, 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 the, if, if you hang with three rich people, then you're the fourth rich person. If you hang with three wise people, then you're the fourth wise person, etc., etc., etc. But, and then I can't remember how to end it, but it said something like, you know, essentially, you have to be careful about the associations that you make because your associations will in some ways uh, indicate both to yourself and to other people like what you value, right? And I'm very careful about this, and I don't mean this in any disrespect or dishonor, but I have already been poor. <laughs> and so I don't go out of my way to associate myself with what it means to be poor, because I've already been poor. Like, now, I, it doesn't mean that I don't have associations that, that are quote-unquote poor. Like, it doesn't mean that I don't go to McDonald's. But I'm less likely to make an association with something that reflects low quality or being poor just to fit in with other people. Because that's not, that, that's not important to me. So since I've been poor, I don't have the affinity to align myself with things that are poor because I don't want to be poor, right? And so not only do I do I not want to be poor, I recognize the grace of God on my life and what he has favored me to have, what he has favored me to do, what he has favored me to be. So there is no reason for me to attach myself to things that I used to be after God has graced me with a degree or two or three. After God has graced me with a with 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 a good paying job, after God has graced me with wisdom and opportunity and resources, I don't need to be associating myself with what I used to be because I don't have to be that anymore, right? And I feel like I'm talking in circles, but I feel like sometimes we go out of our way to be common, right? And notice I said that I didn't work intentionally to rid myself of poor people or or or, or, or things that are I, i'm not trying to say i'm rich and i can't be with poor people what i'm saying is i detach myself from things that are poor so that i don't um as a result of being in a culture of poverty become what i used to be right and i think that sometimes a part of the reason why we are stuck is because of our affiliation. It is our mindset that we are stuck in because we go with what is comfortable. We are very comfortable sometimes being poor. And a part of becoming discomfortable with being poor means becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable with new things, right? Let me say that in a different way. So if you want to remove yourself from the culture of poorness, right, then what you need to do is you need to get comfortable with investments. So if what you read now is Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, perhaps the discomfort that you can create in your life so that you get rid of the culture of poverty is you spend half of the time that you are reading Facebook and you read the Wall Street Journal. Or you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Or you listen to it. But ultimately, like, you become what you are surrounded by and what affirms you. 
And there are some people who affirm your ghetto fabulousness. This is not going the direction that I wanted it to go at, at all. But anyway, it's my podcast. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say what I want to say, right? But there's some people that affirm your ghetto fabulousness because that's where they want you to stay because <laughs> it benefits them, right? And you can just be fabulous. You don't gotta be ghetto fabulous. And it's not to say that being ghetto is negative. It's just to say that if you desire to be a certain thing and to represent something in particular, it takes intentionality and discomfort and it takes moving out of environments that are not in line or in alignment with who you want to be, right? And so, I don't know how I got on that, but I think we have to be careful what we align ourselves with. And (laughs) I think I was going to name this podcast six things you should never tell people. But listen, at the end of the day, what's most important is, one, what you tell God. Because he's already said in his word that we can declare a thing and it be so. He's already said that we can ask for things that are the result of our faithfulness to him. He's already said that. So we can say things to God. Then secondarily, we have to be mindful of what we say to ourselves. And then thirdly, as this podcast episode is noting... We've got to be careful what we say to other people about us. So what do I say to God? What do I say to myself? What do I say to people about me? I got to be careful of all those things. All right, let's say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the grace to podcast. We thank you for every person that will hear what it is that I have said in this episode. We pray, God, that it will not fall on bad ground, but that, God, it will be fertilized, it will be nourished, and that it will sprout up into something uh, powerful, sprout up into something productive uh, in the life and the heart of the person who listens. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Hey, if you give me feedback, if you tell me you listen, text me. Don't call me because I'm weird about being called, but... Let me know on Facebook or Instagram or message me that you listen. It will encourage me to continue uh, to, 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 to record episodes. So thanks for your listening.